This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, July 25th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The practice of natural hair braiding, sometimes called African hair braiding, doesn't use harsh chemicals or devices, but states across the country want to license those braiders as if they're practicing cosmetology. Paul Avalar, an attorney at the Institute for Justice, is challenging these laws. You can learn more about the challenge at braidingfreedom.com. I spoke with Avalar today. Uh, natural hair braiding is simply braiding. Uh, it is you know, twisting. It's braiding of hair. There's really no other way of saying it. It doesn't use chemicals or heat. There's no cutting of hair involved, no dyes, no straighteners, nothing that, that really potentially damages someone's hair. It's literally just using your hands to braid hair. And yet uh, several states want to loop in the practice of natural hair braiding into the practice of cosmetology, which is uh, we see in lots of different uh, different fields, but but what is the what is the price here? So, uh, twenty four states actually license hair braiders as full blown cosmetologists. That means that uh, in order just to braid hair for money, you have to go to cosmetology school for somewhere between fifteen hundred to twenty one hundred hours, depending on what state you're in. Uh, and at a cost of tens of thousands of dollars, up to $20,000 in some places. All of this, again, just to braid hair. And of all of the training that you're going to receive, almost none of it uh, is in any way relevant to what you're doing as a braider. And this is – it's an intimate practice. It's often family members will uh, braid like a young girl's hair or a young man's hair and – what is the justification that that cosmetology boards or other people charged with enforcing these requirements? What do they uh, offer as justifications for this? Well, it's very much a, a cultural practice. Oftentimes, uh, you know, handed down generation to generation, teaching teaching younger members of the family how to do it. Uh, when you go to cosmetology boards and ask, well, why are you regulating braiding? What they say is, well, it's the practice of cosmetology. And then you say, well, what is the danger in hair braiding? They don't really have a good answer for that. Maybe you could pull someone's hair. Maybe you you don't know that you're supposed to wash your hands or cough on someone. Uh, you're not supposed to cough on someone before uh, while you're tr- uh, braiding their hair. But aside from that, there's really no no justifications offered. Because I can use I can imagine. Um Someone just putting out a shingle saying hair braiding, developing a reputation, selling that service, uh, but you know, tw- a twenty thousand dollar entry fee. This is a service that, as far as I can tell, requires almost no capital whatsoever. That's right. Uh, braiding is a is a great example of of jobs that people can do to really better themselves using their own skills to provide for themselves uh, at a very low startup cost. In the absence of the, the of the license, really the biggest barrier to to many people using their skills as braiders is the fact that they have to pay ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, and take you know, six months to a year of their life away from their job and their family just to to comply with these useless state mandates. Now they're not practicing cosmetology. It seems uh, clearly they're not dealing with you know harsh chemicals or or anything that might require. Uh, hazmat certification or something something along those lines. But I, I can also imagine a salon hiring somebody who just does hair braiding and, and giving that person the ability to, to have this access to a built-in clientele. Are salons 
prohibited from hiring these people? Is that part of it? That is correct. Salons are prohibited from hiring people who are unlicensed uh, in order to provide uh, services that are supposed to be licensed. So, you know, for example, in Arkansas, if you want to braid hair, you have to have a license. doesn't matter if the, the local salon knows that you're a great braider and wants to bring you in to braid hair. It's, it's illegal for the salon to do that. And the salon will get fined along with you for doing that sort of thing. I don't know how much uh, your uh, research going into these lawsuits that you've filed uh, gets into this, but there's a real strong racial component to this. That is, natural hair braiding is often coarse, curly hair, uh, mo- mo- most often associated with people of African descent. Mm-hmm. That, that's absolutely correct. It's also known as, as African or African-style hair braiding because you know it's mostly done by and for people who are African or African-American. Uh, oftentimes, when you look at the history of, of these cosmetology acts, no one ever thought about this when they passed the law. They just passed a really, really broad law that said if you touch someone's hair, you're a cosmetologist. It makes no sense when you look at it in, in this circumstance, though. More broadly, uh, using these boards of licensure at state levels, um, I know IJ has done other work on uh, teeth whitening mm-hmm. on any number of other uh, issues, uh, caskets mm-hmm. uh, of people who are just practicing something where there's very little risk uh, of public safe, uh, public health uh, issues, and yet they're looped into requiring licenses that a fairly sizable group of people who have some money to throw around are able to say, no, you're, you're doing our job. You can't do our job. That's right. Oftentimes when, when state, what happens is that the legislature passes these really broad laws and then they say, well, we don't want to be bothered with the details, so we'll kick it over to a specialty board who will in, interpret and enforce all of this. And then the specialty board is invariably made up of the very people who are being regulated. And those people, of course, have a great economic incentive to use the state law to prevent uh, competition with themselves and with the, 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 the group that's already licensed and, and in place. They want to keep the, the, the outsiders out so that they can protect their own, uh, own special little profits. What is the uh, legal principle at work that uh, you are – using to fight this? Sure. So the Constitution, uh, our Constitution, uh, protects the right to earn an honest living free from irrational government regulations. Um, so what we do is we go to court and we show that these sorts of regulations, when you, when you apply them to the hair braiders, are completely irrational. Uh, they don't serve any purpose whatsoever other than to prevent competition, and that's simply not a legitimate use of, of government power. Uh, we've been successful in the hair braiding context and in other contexts in getting courts to see that, in fact, you know, economic liberty is something that is constitutionally protected and that judges have a legitimate role in protecting. Paul Avalar is an attorney at the Institute for Justice. The website of the legal challenge is braidingfreedom.com. You can learn more about occupational licensing's problems at our website, cato.org.